welcome to every horror movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, describe, discuss, and review every horror movie on Netflix. Back again, I'm Chris, and I'm here with Steven. Hi, I can't wait to describe this movie with you. That's a new uh, a new <laughs> element of the show. I guess we do that, we just don't usually announce it right up top, but I'm down for that's it. Part of, that's part of the thing. Like, we're not, you know, we don't want to have too much plot synopsis, but we always... Part of the premise of the show is we're going deep into the catalog, so our listeners necessarily don't have to. But anyway, uh, there's no Patrick this week. I think he warned you on the last episode that he might not be here. Um, he's got a lot going on in his life. He just he's moving into a house. He has a house now. Probably haunted. Hopefully it's not haunted. Hopefully, I hope it is. I say hopefully not haunted to be a good friend, but let's be honest. Well, Allison let's with a honest. Y, at least, would love it if it was haunted. I feel like that's her dream house. Yes. Yes. I want a. I want them to tear up the floor and find something horrifying on the subfloor. Mm-hmm. Getting uh, anyway. Ouija Origin of Evil vibes here. Yes. They don't I have a basement. A diary, <laughs> a diary of a little Victorian boy that was tortured to death inside the house. And the diary doesn't end when the boy dies. Well, what would a Victorian what boy be doing in Ipswich? We don't need to think <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, house built in 1960. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's just Steven and us for a two hander or heads up Amon, as I like to call it. And this week we're watching Eerie. E-E-R-I-E. It is a movie I picked because I, you know, we have, we love our horror movies that just have an adjective name. We love them. We stand them. I mean, I, I yeah. live for them, frankly. And, uh, you know, I want, I want to just kind of pick something that was kind of random that I didn't have a good reason for picking something that a little take something that would take us back to our roots where we were just watching random bullshit all the time. And this is a movie uh, that comes to us from the Philippines. But before we get into it any further, uh, let's do a little horror catch up uh, because we like to talk about things that haven't happened on Netflix. So, Stephen, have you been watching or reading or any any have other, consuming any other horror content? I mean, I know I we mean, got I mean, we I get the elephant up. in the room. Uh, the elephant in the room is nope. Yeah. Well, let's let, I say up. You said up. No. <laughs> Did you revisit the Pixar film Up recently as well? I did not. They're kind of similar. They got the same visual motif, you know? <laughs> You're not wrong, actually. Not entirely. I think that's where that came from. <laughs> yeah, no, well, maybe we'll save that for last. I don't have a ton. Um, you know, I've been a bad book club leader on the, on the Discord. I was a day late finishing... Uh, the Danish author Thomas Old Huvelt, I don't know how the fuck to pronounce his name, his novel Hex from 2015. Um, we're just kind of beginning the discussion on that on the Amon Discord, which we'll link to in the show notes. But um, I thought this book was a slow burn that turns into a fucking blast in the last hundred pages. I've mentioned this on the show before, but this is a, a story about a small New England town. I mean, this is for the translation from the original Danish novel. Where uh, it's kind of uh, outsiders, so-called outsiders, can participate, you know, and buy buy homes in this town of Black Spring. But they have their own, this organization called Hex set up to keep the outsiders and the society at large uh, unaware that there is a centuries-old witch, Catherine Van Weiler, who roams the town. And um, Is she a hot witch like, like Kristen Ritter? 
Oh, no. In fact, there's much to be made of this this witch's breasts at several points in the novel. Uh, I'll just say that. Uh, but no, she... But she's not hot. It's, she's described physically as to repulse the reader. Yes, very much so. Interesting. And yeah, there's a lot of kind of politically incorrect stuff in here that I got very heavy Stephen King vibes. And you never know with Stephen King. Say you had very heavy Bill Maher vibes. <laughs> well, that too, maybe. It's like, it's kind of... Uh, this is actually a good way to describe the novel. It does feel like vintage Stephen King in the sense that you don't it's it's very well crafted and well thought out and it's kind of confined to a small New England town, you know, that Stephen King trucks and that sort of thing. But you don't know if the political commentary and the social commentary is coming from the characters and is supposed to make you cringe or if it's the author kind of supplanting mm. them with his own views. Um Mm-hmm. Not quite sure, well, but anyway, that's the thing. That's that. Th- what's the? There's a quotation or some sort of philosophy about that, about how certain things, such as conservatism and religion, especially in America, like have gone so far that it's impossible to tell if you're being sincere or being a parody, mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, I had things it, are kind of impossible to satirize at a certain point. Well, especially when something is translated from another language and you can't really mm. tell if the clumsiness of the writing is due to the translation or if that is actually an accurate reflection of the original text. I do know the ending was changed, according to some folks on our Discord. I haven't read the details on that yet. I'm doing a bad job of describing this book, but basically... You can probably figure it out. The witch is dangerous. There's a reason that people have been trying to keep her under wraps, so to speak, for hundreds of years. And a bunch of meddling kids with a GoPro and bad attitudes kind of get her to break out of her shell and start to participate more actively in the goings-on in the town. And this leads Hmm. to an almost kind of apocalyptic nightmare for the townsfolk. So I would highly recommend reading Hex, if, if any of that sounds interesting to you, and stick with it. You know, don't be like me and put it away for two weeks because you get bored. If you keep going, it's very rewarding in the end. Chris, after that long ramble, have you watched or read or seen anything other than Nope? Uh, Actually, I've watched a lot of stuff. Oh, hell yeah. Very uncharacteristic for me. Um, I watched All About Evil on Shudder, the the lost film, I suppose. It was made like 10 years ago or something, and it stars Natasha Lyonne. Bay. And... It, I had very little interest in this based on the trailer, but I watched it and it was a delight and I thought it was so funny. I laughed my ass off um, and I I, it, I wanted to save it for this episode, but I, I think I texted you and Patrick right away and said, you gotta watch All About Evil. I give it almost my highest recommendation if you have a sick sense of humor. And I do. I mean, I like John Waters. I like Todd Solons. Like the, we've been chatting about it and it sounds like maybe my new favorite film that I'd never heard of before. Maybe. I don't want to oversell it, but <laughs> it, it was an absolute delight. I also watched Censor on... Mm-hmm. Where did I watch that? Hulu? I think it's on Hulu right now. Censor, uh, which we've talked about on the show before. I hadn't seen it. I was really into it for a while. Uh, the ending, though, I, it didn't connect with me. And Same. I, maybe, maybe I'm stupid. I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like I have a keen eye for themes in movies but i'm much more attuned to sort of like social and political commentary themes versus emotional themes which i think censor traffics in a bit more certainly from what i remember yeah so it i didn't quite pick up what it was putting down um i'm still kind of kicking it around my head but very well made um not really for me 
Um, I also watched Off Season on Shudder. That sounds and familiar. Let me tell you, Off Season on Shudder. Um, it stars Jocelyn Donahue, oh. our friend from House of the Devil and that movie about sleep paralysis we watched for the show. Friend of the show, Jocelyn Donahue. Friend, friend of the show. And the trailer for this movie is phenomenal. I watched this trailer and, and both me and the person I was watching the trailer with, we were like, we have to watch that like tonight or tomorrow. That looks so good. And then it was terrible. <laughs> And I think I figured out Shudder's business model. I think they go to festivals and they buy like the third rate movies that don't really have a lot of bids on them. You're absolutely right. I mean, I think but, that's just a fact. But that's a fact. But then, but they specifically buy them when they're like, oh, we can cut a good trailer for this. Mm-hmm. And they always do. They always look and fucking they amazing. They always do. And I fall for it every time. I see a Shutter trailer and I'm like, I have to watch this tomorrow. And then I watch it and it's just a non-starter. Really disappointed in off-season. Watch the trailer on Shutter and then imagine the movie because it's going to be better than what you get if you actually watch it. Um, you know, back in the uh, just to interject about the Shutter thing briefly, like back in the day when I was actively subscribed to the new Fangoria, uh, Sam Zimmerman, who is the head of like content curation or whatever the fuck for he's the guy who purchases movies for shutter. He would run a, you know, a quarterly column talking about what he'd seen at festivals that he, that he had purchased. And he would write these fantastic articles to get you excited for when these movies would eventually come out. And he seems, I've heard interviews with him too. He seems like a really smart guy. He's a true horror fan. um, And he's always looking for things that are outside the box that we haven't seen before. I think maybe the fault doesn't lie with him so much as it does with what's available at these, at these festivals for what shutter can afford. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I do feel like at least the very least he's helping keep like young, a young diverse group of independent filmmakers working, even if their films don't quite work. Yeah. And also like my standard for a shutter movie isn't, really that high like i it's you know i have the subscription they put out a lot of stuff like a movie a week and if they're like mediocre i can usually enjoy them but this one was just bad so well i won't be checking out off season but jocelyn donahue after you know a performance in house of the devil where she just kind of walks along walks around and then we saw her in the sleep paralysis movie and what dead awake or something like that i think so i don't know yeah and i i think i think we panned her acting ability in that movie she did not come across well in that movie uh she came across really well in in off season she had some good acting moments i was like oh she can act great it's always nice to see an actor who can act you know yeah. so rare so rare yeah or you know a actor who's talented get get something to sink their teeth into finally <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's it other than Nope. And I mean, we, I know we could do literally a five hour podcast on Nope. Um, (laughs) I mean, I don't know that I could, I, I feel, uh, well then again, I guess I, I have to check myself. I know myself. Not only because we've already talked about it for five hours. It's true. (laughs) What is there to say? I mean, I feel like, I feel like there's still quite a few people out there from what I'm the vibe, the pulse that I'm finding online who are unsure about whether or not they should see Nope. And I mean, at one level, I don't blame them. I think a lot of people are, a lot of film goers are very skeptical about going back into a theater to see anything after everything that we've been through. So Mm -hmm. 
I would I I think I would like to re- briefly review this movie for our fans just in the sense of like should you I think you should see it but should you see it in a theater is that going to be a rewarding experience How would you I say yes I say yes as well even as somebody who didn't really end up liking the movie all that much I think if you're going to see it like that's the that's the way it was shot that's how it's intended to be seen I do think there's some amazing visuals and suspense sequences in it that really benefit from the screen overwhelming you and the sound as well yeah and, and we we saw it in imax yeah and and i thought it made good use of the the format you see lot, lots of sky lots mm-hmm. of desert um and lots I'm of IMAX um believer now i am i am too and there's <laughs> lots of i want to see it on like an actual imax screen and not the the mm-hmm. tiny limax that we have here in in Ypsilanti, Michigan, which was still great. Um, but yeah, it's it's a gorgeous movie. It's a movie that is very taut at times and very tense at times. It gave me, induced me with a sense of wonder in the way that cosmic horror does when it works well for me. But I think there's just too many cooks in the kitchen. It's a movie that I think was edited well for what it was intending to do in some senses, but also it seems like there was a lot of character stuff that was left on the cutting room floor from what I'm reading that might've made everything tie together nicely. So I would have actually felt some sense of catharsis by the end, which spoilers I did not. I was frankly kind of happy it was over. Hmm. And so abruptly. I thought it was a great movie. I would recommend it with the, caveat that i don't think it was really nearly as as successful of a movie as get out or us i've had a lot of fun thinking about it afterwards it's Mm -hmm. become a better movie in my mind the more time i've had to think about what it was trying to say and all the symbolism and the themes and very very interesting movie very very well made movie just for me on this one the balance of like how thematically resonant it was versus how entertaining it was was a bit off and i not really looking forward to seeing it again even though it will probably uh be a much better movie whenever i see it again kind of knowing what to expect and having a uh knowing what the themes are and not having to try to figure all that out along the way so I'll add to that just really quickly. I did see it a second time. I think I texted you about that. And I was hoping that, okay, got I've got the baggage out of the way. I know how it's paced, which is a little bit unconventional in some places, how it's structured. I have a good grounding on like what what thematic elements of it work for me. And I can, you know, maybe pay more attention to those details and tease more out the second time. I got almost nothing out of the second viewing. I was actually quite mm. bored um, because mm. I do, I think there's a lot going on beneath the surface, but I think a lot of it is in the edit. And I think there's a lot of stuff that is left vague in the final film that is more explicit in the screenplay. And, and like there are things that are mysterious that don't need to be. And the fact that they're mysterious doesn't serve the greater themes of the film. Mm-hmm. It's a classic puzzle box i guess because the other two movies and it's i guess it's impossible not to compare this to get out into us sure they're very accessible and they're very smart movies but they're also there if you're a dumb person mm-hmm. you're gonna have a great time and maybe you're you'll only pick up on the the message you know as superficial level this movie like unless you're looking for the themes i just it's hard for me to see you really being entertained by it 
Yeah, I'll Just second a that. A lot of standing in the desert, moping in the desert, looking at the desert. Well, and a lot of like, I mean, this like cake. Over long action sequences that don't have any real. That uh, oftentimes are like hard to on. <laughs> Like, it's hard to tell where things are spatially yeah. during some of the sequences. Like, it's it's a clumsy edit of, I think, what might actually be a, a truly great American film. But well, more on that some other time. Maybe the Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we got the director's cut, at least the cut that uh, Universal Studios thought was, uh, or Universal thought was, like, fit for public consumption. So uh, the editor says there is much more to be seen and that if we ask for it, we'll see it. I give it a view right. it though. Hash, hashtag release the Snyder cut. <laughs> Bring it back. Uh, also, the Nightingale is on Netflix now. This is Jennifer Kent's follow up to the Babadook. I think I've talked about it before. Definitely not a movie for everybody. If you need to look up content warnings, no, you don't because it. Yes, that's the answer. That's it's it's full of uh, upsetting content, extreme upsetting content. But if you can stomach that, it is, I think, a very, very beautiful movie that, in addition to all the horror and, and trauma, has a lot of humor and beauty in it. And I thought it was a very good and moving movie. So if you've been looking to check it out or you've been thinking about it, you got a chance. It's on Netflix. I would never tell anyone they had to watch it, but I, I give it my highest recommendation. All right. Well, let's talk about Eerie. Let's talk about something important. Uh, this is a fairly recent film. What's the year on this one? 2019. It's a Filipino film set in 1995, though. Mm -hmm. For what reason? I don't, I don't know about that. but I yeah. don't know for what reason. Um, my first thought was maybe this is... Actually, I haven't done any research on this one. Um, my thought is maybe it was based on a book that took place in 95. They wanted to be faithful to it or something. Or maybe... They just, it was an easy way for them to write out modern technology. That's always my suspicion <laughs> with these things. And I think you're on the nose there. Yeah. So it is about, um, and I think we read the plot synopsis on the last episode, but I forgot it. So um, Me too. it starts off with a, it's a Catholic girls boarding school um, in, in the Philippines. And, you know, girls are telling ghost stories and there's a bathroom stall that's haunted because a girl hanged herself in that stall years ago. And now her vengeful ghost lurks in the bathroom stall and don't go in the bathroom alone or you get got. And, you know, we classic open, bloody Mary sort yeah. of thing. We open with a little prologue where there's these little girls and they, one of them goes into the bathroom and gets got. And I was like, all right, so that's, that's the premise of the movie. We've seen this a million times. There's going to be, you know, a ghost it's gonna be spooky boarding school bloody mary what have you but the actual premise of the movie which reveals itself a little bit in is we're actually gonna follow the school psychologist slash guidance mm -hmm. counselor who is like not really a nun but close enough she doesn't live at the school but you know she she's she's she doesn't wear the uh, habit of the nuns but she is you know still definitely in the fold obviously um yeah and she is going to try to solve this mystery because in she's looking in, she's exploring the circumstances of this girl who got got and what happened to her. She, I guess she went crazy. She got got and went crazy and is like in an asylum somewhere. Right. 
Wait, okay, which girl? The, there are the, several the girls. The victim. Yeah. So not the ghost, not the ghost girl, but the first one who goes in and sees the ghost in the prologue, and then we don't see her for the rest of the movie. I think it's they say that she's like been, she's not, she's nonverbal, like in an asylum now or something. Yeah, I think she tried to commit suicide, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. We don't really see her do any of that, but yeah, she she she's off. Anyway, so this guidance counselor is like troubled by that also troubled by the stresses of other girls in the in the school in the class but the kicker mm-hmm. is this school psychologist can see the ghost mm-hmm. airy short for Aerie. erica which long I for eerie <laughs> long for eerie <laughs> that so, makes no sense but so, well no i mean i think definitely that's why the movie's called eerie i mean i i entertained that thought <laughs> No, it is, and 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 I don't know. Um, I don't know what dialect there's of of language they're speaking in this in this movie in the Philippines. Tagalog, um, I think. Um, but I don't know anything about the intricacies of that. There's so. like a thousand languages in the Philippines and different dialects. It probably, that's a that's a safe bet. But um, it's I I th- suspected that like Airy, short for Erica, is actually how you would say or pronounce eerie. You know, maybe so i mean a, again i had the same thought words maybe i don't know but it's definitely eerie airy uh, they're meant to kind of rhyme airy is the ghost airy has been dead for a while our school guidance counselor can see airy and isn't that afraid of her she's a little mm-hmm. afraid of her but mostly she's trying to help her try to understand her what yeah. happened to her understand her and then use that knowledge to help the other girls in the school and help them because they're all scared of, or, you know, they're, they're all having their own struggles that are being exacerbated by this ghost legend, etc. Well, and also exacerbated by the absolutely horrifically abusive and intimidating head nun at this school. Yes. Yes. It's not a happy environment on the best of days, much less when you have a ghost. And when somebody dies or somebody's injured, you get like a day to recover and then it's back to business as usual because uh, uh, like the the priest, the the male like priest at the school as well, like basically says like, well, this happens all the time. It should be should be routine. You should be able to get over it before. Like they have experience (laughs) with this from when Aerie was was killed, Mm -hmm. you know, all those years ago under under dubious circumstances. And so this premise really drew me in um, because I exceeded my expectations. I don't think I've seen anything like this before, except for like the sixth sense, which I'm not sure counts. Hmm. Hey, can you think of a, a, a movie like this where there's like this kind of dynamic between a human protagonist and the scary ghost? You know, I can't. And one thing that I did like about this movie was that that, the setting and everything about this is like so not my bag, but I found that that did feel really novel as I was watching it. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it was the saving grace of this movie for me because the rest of it was very, like you said, not very engaging or, um, you it's know, pretty maudlin for the most part, I think. Maudlin and, and fairly generic. You know, we've we've seen a lot of movies with boarding schools and walking around in the dark and. Or boarding mm-hmm. schools or any sort of institution where you sleep at night, you know, hospital, etc. Mm-hmm. Nails comes to mind. <laughs> I was trying to think of the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, you know, uh, Eli, which Eli, Eerie, that kind of rhymes. Maybe it's a remake. Anyway. I remember nothing about <laughs> Eli. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
so yeah like i really like that you know like we see the the ghost girl in her office and like there's no there's not even a moment that we're shown where like the guidance counselor is like what's going on like we get the sense that she has a pre-existing relationship with this ghost to the extent that like you know she drops her pen she looks under the desk and she sees ghost feet sitting in the chair opposite her desk and like mm-hmm. we're we're pretty scared as the audience but she's not scared she's like oh hi Ari. what's up what can i do for you yeah turns on the tape recorder starts interviewing yeah really really kind of fresh stuff and that's basically the premise of the movie the 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 main conflict i guess begins when another girl encounters airy and does die Mm -hmm. it looks like a suicide at first but i guess she's actually murdered and thus like thrown off a building or something and the prime suspect in the murder is the groundskeeper of the school who we've met mm-hmm. before and we feel like he's a nice guy and our hero and people close to him were like, no way did he do this murder. But he's like about to go to the electric chair for killing this girl. Justice happens swiftly in, in the Philippines. And Apparently, so- yeah, he's immediately scapegoated and it's on the news and the, you know, the parents of the girl are are sobbing and, you know, calling for everyone to condemn him. And we just don't believe that he could possibly have done this. He seems like such a nice, kindly, quiet man. Or he he might not seem like a kind man, but we know that there are several other phenomenon in this school that could kill somebody. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We're, we're rooting for our protagonist to solve the mystery. So that's basically what it is. It's because now she's on a clock to try to save the life of her groundskeeper friend. So now she really wants to figure out what is going on and so that i guess her investigation largely consists of her sneaking back to the school to try to talk to airy at night in various rooms etc and just figure out what the hell is going on with airy right and i mean you say sneaking back like she is she's put on leave at one point for oh yeah they, they for take doing her that, badge right? and her they take her badge and her crucifix and <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have a badge she i don't think is it ever even hinted that she's religious like i feel like she's just the child psychiatrist who happens to work within a religious institution is there something to be there's there's something made of later in the film about how you know without spoilers how like in the past you had to also be a nun to be the school psychologist but that mm. they changed that rule over time right right Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's not really explored either way. Her being not religious doesn't seem to be a factor, at least in the text, maybe subtextually. Yeah, I was just I I only mentioned it because I didn't pull anything out of that. But but you, the master of themes, I was wondering if maybe that would tie into any any larger broader thoughts no. you had about this I, yeah i don't think so either i'm kind of a thematic loss on this one actually which is one of my frustrations about it because like there's some very clear stuff about the death penalty in this movie like that she's listening to a news report not even about the groundskeeper mm. but like some other murderer who who is going to get the death penalty and like there's there's a very like you get the sense that outside the walls of the school, there's a very crime and punishment sort of atmosphere uh, or, or tough on crime atmosphere inside the walls of the school. The nuns certainly represent strict discipline and, yeah. and paddling girls and, you know, making sure you're not staying up too late, etc. But then the, our hero, the psychologist is sort of the, uh, you know, restorative justice type where she's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give up on anybody let's 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 get let's 
understand come to an understanding let's figure out what's going on and how we can solve the situation um so i oh I, and she literally stops uh an instance of a corporal punishment <laughs> like yes. in its tracks and i think that yeah that was why she was put on leave finally. yes um so i i was latching on to that and i was like oh this is kind of cool uh we'll talk about it later i i didn't think that in the end of the movie vindicated her <laughs> No, 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 I, I, I not think from my read. Anyway. If anything, this might be a movie that says, all right, this is our way. Crime, punishment, discipline, death penalty. Oh, here's a here's a woman who wants to change that. Look at how this goes for her. And <laughs> like this might be a pro death penalty movie. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a hilarious thing to say. But rolling back again, I'm still digesting this thing. I just finished it, you know, an hour and a half ago. But you might be on it, it might not even be a deliberately. Pro I don't think so. Movie. They might God, be trying no. to make an anti-death penalty movie, but aren't very conscious uh, it, of, of the signifiers. Uh, <laughs> I think the intentions are are, are well meaning, but it, they are executed in a pretty fucked up way. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to to when I think the Philippines, and I think the death penalty, I think of Duterte, you know, the, the president of the Philippines who was elected in, in summer 2016 and much like Trump was like, I'm one of the most powerful men in the world now. I'm going to use that power just to kill people, just to murder, just to have death penalties. Wow, I don't know anything about that, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, Duterte is like the Trump of the I know the name, but, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, we're going to just start, you know, giving the death penalty to people. So that was 2016. This movie comes out in, what, 2019? I feel like maybe, okay. maybe, it's, might... maybe it's a political thing. I don't know. There was a lot that exceeded my grasp just on a cultural level, I have to say. like, And I don't know that if I was more aware of what's going on politically in the Philippines, like there's probably more to dig into. You don't, in my mind, I mean, some, some filmmakers do it, but like you don't bring up themes like this without having something to say about it. Or you don't bring up ideas like this without having some kind of, at least trying to to make a cogent statement about how you feel about yeah. it as a filmmaker. You would hope not anyway. You would hope not. And this felt like a very assuredly written and directed film. So I don't know. I kind of gave some of it the benefit of the doubt and assumed <laughs> that there were things that I just wouldn't understand without doing more reading. Somewhere in the Philippines, they're watching Joker and they're saying the same thing. Saying, this looks like a very well-made film i'm sure they wouldn't bring up all these issues if they weren't saying something very deliberate about it <laughs> yep anyway. not just the philippines <laughs> anyway so yeah i mean other than that it's a pretty generic movie i don't even know what else there is to talk about like stylistically there's not a whole lot to talk about it's very um I, I I'm sure you notice this as well. Like the the cinematography in this movie, the the color is drained out of absolutely everything in a very mm. seemingly deliberate way. Maybe just to give it a look, but I honestly found that a little bit off putting. There were stretches of this movie where I struggled to really pay attention because there just didn't seem to be very much life on the screen. And that I think that element contributed to it once I keyed into it. Mm. Yeah, it's very it's it's all very gray, very, very drab, dark, very drab. Like people's, you know, everyone's face is like gray looking. The skin mm. tones are very odd. The mm -hmm. way that it's the way that the color correction was done on this color grading. Yeah. 
which I can see why I can see how that would make sense as a creative choice. But yeah, it doesn't make for a great viewing experience. And there's no contrast when we're in other settings outside of the school either. I thought like, well, maybe that's like tying in here mm -hmm. somewhere, but it's just all of it looks like that. Mm -hmm. Everybody looks like a ghost. There are a lot of mirrors and reflections, and I, I think they're used to set up jump scares like once or twice. But for the most part, they're there, I think, to threaten the jump scare and then get you with the jump scare from somewhere else. But there's a lot. Oh, of this stuff. is jump scares up the wazoo in this but, movie. But jump some of them were kind of cool. Really land, you know, there's one that I like. OK, but yeah, I thought about this a lot because it's like, I mean, a couple of them just got me because they'll get you. But like. So many of them just would happen and I would have no response. And I just, I always think about what Lee Winnell tweeted once where he's like, people think jump scares are cheap, but they're actually really hard to do. And Lee Winnell said there's only about 20 good gump jump scares in the history of cinema. <laughs> I'd love to see that list. And probably 10 of them are in Lee Winnell movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, no doubt. <laughs> but. Yeah, just just kind of a draft. I don't know. Well, did you like this movie, Steven? I didn't dislike it, um, but I didn't particularly like it. Like, this is classic. I guess I'm just reviewing it now. This yeah, is a let's, cute. Let's review it. This is a cue it for me. I mean, I think there is some. I keep using the word novel. I don't know why that's stuck in my craw today, but there's some novel aspects to this, it, it, plot wise, character wise, that I hadn't seen in other films of this ilk that traffic in this kind of setting, you know, the kind of classic you know sort of uh, catholic or or boarding school setting that involves a haunting you know a ghost of a past trauma but it did it did go in directions i didn't fully expect i just felt like the whole thing it just felt kind of weightless to me like i was i was never fully invested in the characters or in the mystery um but it had its moments for sure, I think some of the performances were great that the head nun, you know, I forget what her actual title is within mm -hmm. the school. Um, I thought uh, she uh, was... Sor, Sor Alice. Yes, and she... Which is like Alice, Alice. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was terrific. She's apparently... She apparently was in a pivotal Filipino horror movie from the late seventies. I saw, I don't remember the title, but I Googled it earlier. It's something I'd never heard of, but apparently it's noteworthy in, 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 in the Philippines that like, you know, she, she is a, a fairly well-known actress and I can see why I thought she was pretty, pretty intimidating and also shockingly vulnerable at, at certain points in the film. I thought it's just an interesting character, very well portrayed. She could have been a classic sort of, you know, the kind of nurse ratchet stereotype mm -hmm. <laughs> just the evil, evil to the bone with no remorse. But um, yeah, I thought she was great. I thought the, the school psychologist, her performance was interesting. Well, anyway, I guess that's, that's my review. It's a solid cue it. You know, if this, if you, if you, if you like a supernatural, thriller ish that that has you know that that traffics in catholicism and, and sort of that those uh signs and signifiers then check it out you might you might dig it there's there's a little bit to like in there what about you chris so i've actually talked myself into giving this a view it 
Whoa. <laughs> and how do you do that? Teach me. <laughs> it's not the best view it. It's not the highest view it. It's 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 practically a cue it. But I have to give it a view it just because of the novel elements. There is enough in here that I hadn't seen before and that I thought was really interesting. And also I thought although it didn't totally connect in all the right places this movie had a lot of heart and soul mm-hmm. and yeah. i i really liked how much this the guidance counselor cared about the kids there's some real moving stuff especially towards the end and i i just thought it was a, a emotionally compelling in those places if not compelling in the rest of the movie and i don't know anytime like listen we're watching all these netflix horror movies we we know it's going to be rare for us to find like a top tier movie that we've never heard of before in the depths of the Netflix catalog. Of course. So what I'm looking for when I, when I, you know, what I'm hoping for when I pull up a random movie with a name like eerie on Netflix is that it's gonna be like this. It's going to be something interesting that I never would have watched if I weren't doing this show that has memorable stuff in it. That's distinct from everything else that's out there. And this had enough of that that I'm going to say it's worth checking out. Because the rest of it, honestly, not good, but it's it's competent. The, the Even the slow parts of this movie are not worse than most of the stuff that we watch. Oh, and when you put it in that perspective, absolutely. I mean, this yeah. is a well-made, well-crafted film. Much more so than I was expecting because of the dreck that we're used to. But I found there were also very, very few, if any of the cliches I was expecting in this either. Mm-hmm. So you've made a very good argument for review it, Chris. Well, I support you. that. A very human film. And you know, look, mm-hmm. we see a lot of these movies that feel like they're commercial products yeah. and that they weren't made by people. Uh, I mean, they were obviously, but this one feels like, like someone actually put some passion into this and, and had some feelings about stuff and wanted, and, and it's scary too, in places, most of it, the jump scares aren't scary. Towards the end, it gets real scary for me. There's some scary stuff. And it's worth noting, too, when you're talking about expecting this to just be a product. This was apparently the first, and I don't know how many of these there are, but the first Filipino end film. Wow. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it's gonna be, it was the first Filipino film to make over $300 million. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to say, does that mean they're making Eerie 2? <laughs> I, I mean, see Eerie 2. For all we know. Uh, well, that's, yeah, if you're giving it a view, it, I would expect that. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to go to the spoiler room and talk a little bit more about the plot and the ending. Uh, so if you want to go check out Eerie on your own, now's a good time to take a break and go do that. Uh, otherwise, uh, we're going to spoil everything. But first, let's remind you. In between episodes, you can find us online. We're on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast. Uh, we have a Discord, which is amazing. We have great conversations with our listeners. We love to hear your thoughts on there or by email. We love to hear it. We love to hear it. We love to read it more often than not. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll be putting the link to the Discord in the show notes. I think I said that last time and then I forgot, so sorry if I fooled you last time but and we will we'll, i hope that we'll start kind of including that in any of our social media output from here on out because i think discord is if you're a true fan of the show i think that's really the place to be i mean we're accessible <laughs> the other fans that you'll meet are pretty fucking awesome yeah um 
it's a good place vibes. to lose a couple hours it's good vibes yeah you just hang out there um yeah and you can go to our website every horror movie on netflix.com you can poke around there see what links work see what's broken go to our merch <laughs> store order a t-shirt that says every horror movie on netflix on it wear it when you pick your daughter up from her catholic boarding school you know Lots of options, but yep, there's plenty of ways to connect with the show in between episodes, and we hope you take advantage of them. And don't forget, uh, please, please, I'm begging, if you haven't already, go on to your podcast provider, rate the show five stars, and leave a little review. It Even helps. if you hate it. No. Just give us five you, stars. Yeah, five stars. Just give us five stars. It. Uh, it helps other people find the show. All right, with that said, we're going to go to the spoiler room for real now. So we'll be back in just a few seconds, ready to spoil everything about Eerie. down here in the spoiler stall getting ready to spoil everything about eerie yeah keeping in the tradition of haunted toilets and aim on history hopefully we don't get 400 rabid comments trying to give us the death penalty for talking about the, the haunted toilet this time is it only 400 i feel like it's been a minute since I've seen those notifications, but I feel like it's got to be in the thousands of people who've engaged with that post from Dabe the Possession. If you're new to the show, we watched a movie <laughs> called Dabe the Possession, which was what? From Turkey? <sighs> Beats me. And um, uh, Dabe the Possession, and it had, it was a pretty good movie, pretty scary, and a found footage movie, and it had a... a ridiculous scene with a cursed toilet in which a like an exorcist basically goes and and starts pulling items out of this toilet and the family oh, is aghast. like rabbits out of a hat it's ridiculous yeah and and the, the people just are more and more terrified the more random stuff he's pulling out of this toilet and i mean obviously this is something that has some sort of cultural significance um mm-hmm. to, to them but but not to us and apparently to lots of people uh from the uh arab world on facebook because i posted a clip from that that movie on our facebook to kind of show this scene and the uh extravagance not necessarily even the absurdity it's absurd but it's just a sensational scene posted this on facebook and to this day we're getting comments from people who are like mad at us for posting this and saying that it's not something that people should see and that we are bad people who should be in jail for sharing it there are places in the world that we legitimately cannot go without trepidation we cannot because go. of this <laughs> we could be jailed instantly yes yes locked up abroad for watching every <laughs> horror movie on netflix anyway back, back to, to the matter at hand eerie so, what's where does this mystery take us? That's a good question. I feel like a lot does happen that's in the spoiler stall of this movie. Um, the next major event that happens in this movie is one of the other random girls from this school attempts suicide and yeah. is caught and saved by the guidance counselor. But mm-hmm. then that even further ratchets up the like, what the hell is going on in the school? What's going on with all these kids? 
the nuns, they're like, well, the answer is everyone's just going to go to bed and we're going to pray about it harder. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah. um, we know that doesn't work. At some point, our hero disguises because she's been kind of on she's been suspended from the school at this point yeah she sneaks back into the school Mm -hmm. dressed up like a nun like mission impossible three and sneaks into (laughs) the head nun's office and goes to the desk and finds like her files on airy and turns out that airy was a student at the school in like 1972 or something so like 25 years or so before the events of this movie. And I think the head nun was one of her classmates, right? Don't no, I don't think that. it, I don't think it was that far back. I think this all happened because there's something with the nun that I called back to before the break where she, she says some, I, I feel like the nun, no, the nun was the guidance counselor. I love how we're like, come on down to the spoiler room. We're going to explain everything and then we can explain nothing. Hey, watch this movie and try and do it better (laughs) than us, motherfuckers. I saw one of our fans on the Discord said that they had made it 26 minutes in and fell asleep, which would have been me if I was not on assignment. (laughs) All right. Well, here's here's what we know. We know that the head nun has a file in her desk on Aerie. She knows what happened to Aerie. And in fact, she has like a Polaroid of Aries corpse. She has a reel of photos of 35 millimeter photos. Oh, and the reel of photos like kind of tell some of this story. Yeah. And then I think the holes in that story are are filled in by Aerie the ghost through an interview at some point. Yes. But basically what happened was Aerie was just, you know, picked on, uh, cyber bullied. Whatever the whatever the offline version of that's just called that's just called bullying, Chris. Okay, (laughs) bullying. She was bullied for what reason? Oh, what reason was she bullied? I okay. So she she because I know she couldn't she couldn't that's yeah she couldn't make friends like nobody nobody liked her yeah like it was just like a bullying montage. Um, we see her eat a butterfly at one point, which I thought was pretty She's a little weird. disturbing. She's, she's a little, a little she, weird. She, she, she's, and then, there's some like, abuse going on at home, I think. She has an unstable sort of household. So she's Yes, her father's a, hinted, it's hinted that her father's an alcoholic. Her mother at one point is like drunk or on drugs and like chops her hair up. And she goes to school in a veil. Um, I think because she gets, a, that, she gets punished by the nun because she's she has been set up to quote unquote touch another girl's breast while she's in the bathroom stall and the nun come they the girls tell the nun about it and the nun comes in and admonishes her that's the way i read that anyway i think you're right yes and then the next you know that night her you know her mom chops her hair up her dad gets drunk she goes back to school looking like hell and the nun kicks her out just for wearing the veil and looking inappropriate um and like we see like that's we've seen ghost area like there's a scene where our school guidance counselor comes up on ghost area from behind and touches her hair and the hair comes off in her hand and she turns around and looks off i mean i thought it was a a a different ghost i thought it was a boy because but it's not a boy it's airy just with her hair cut very short i thought the whole time the hair thing was just like to make her look spookier because she's a ghost but it turns out that no that was actually trauma inflicted on her by her parents right so which makes anyway. her more of an out, outcast at school, uh, right. naturally. And and it it she does kill herself though, right? I think 
you're correct. I think she does it's, kill herself. I think I'm pretty sure she it seems like a really weird thing to be unclear about. I know. I know. <laughs> but it's... They I think they finally show her killing herself. But before that, there is a lot of like, you know, we're kind of expecting there to be a twist like uh, to the circumstances that she died in. Because we're told literally in the first 30 seconds of the movie that girl killed herself. So yeah, we don't yeah. really believe it. And then we do see some visions slash dream slash flashbacks where there's like a nun holding the rope but i don't think i think that's just a dream that is i think kind of visual shorthand for the scenario writ large of what happened to that girl that like because we see the current nun uh in this vision the school guidance counselor sees her hoisting the girl up over the bathroom stall with the rope but it's it's definitely a dream and it's definitely like this is the situation in a microcosm that like the nun is indirectly responsible for the suicide. Yes. You know what I like right? speaking of nuns? I like that shot where our hero is up in the above the courtyard of the school and she sees the nun down on the lower level and the nun starts running. Running like up towards her. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. But it's it's very and, and and our friends James Wan and Lee Winnell have used this to great effect. Uh, oh, I thought of I've never seen the nun, but I I got like lots of lots of James Wan vibes throughout this film for oh, sure. Oh yeah, this this is definitely a a post insidious post conjuring movie. They're definitely inspired by that in some places. But mm-hmm. yeah, a, a nun, the silhouette of a nun running, very spooky for some reason. I guess it's because we're like I know that shape and it's not supposed to move like that. Yeah, that kind of stuff does work for me when it's done well, I have yeah. to say. Even yeah. even though I think it's been overdone at this point. Yeah, so Ari, I guess, killed herself eventually. And since then, she, just like we were told, just like the legend said, has been haunting this stall in the bathroom. Um, and she's got, she's very sad. She's got a lot of pain, whatever. So... <laughs> we find is this in the this is before the confessional right we find all this out mm-hmm. yeah so then we find out that airy haunts the place for a while then discovers she has a superpower as a ghost yes. which is basically to like i I won't say possess but to corrupt other people she can manipulate other people to her will to accomplish like if yes. she wants a friend in the afterlife she can have someone go nuts and kill some well she can have people killed she can get people to commit suicide yes i think one of the girls that that commits suicide like she thought they would be friends but it didn't work out in the afterlife right She's bitter about that because because believe it or not like people they die and they're actually kind of pissed off when they realize they were murdered by this creepy imagine ghost girl, that right and they don't want to be her friend because she's a i mean so that's kind of aries predicament not only was she outcast in the living world but even mm-hmm. the dead don't want to fuck with her because she's such a creep and that's on that list of things that i found really kind of fresh in this movie that's something i don't think i've ever seen in a film or read in a short story or a novel before i thought that was pretty cool and she's lonely and she's mad and she feels like her whole life and afterlife have been unfair and the school psychologist really sympathizes with her and wants Mm -hmm. to help her and i thought that was really cute so the then the the climax oh and like you know Arias had made her dad kill her mom, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And then, I, and then made him, how did he die? She made him 
he died or he something something weird happened but like yeah so like what the groundskeeper that we were talking about actually did kill that girl but it's not his fault right you know he was under the influence of airy but (laughs) i liked how this when the psychologist figures this out she's like well, there's nothing we can do for him because yeah, but... he, he killed her. You know, it's like, yeah. I know I can't get him off the hook for this because no one's going to believe the ghost. The devil made him do it. The conjuring, the devil made me do it. <laughs> I Again, that's on that list. I yeah. liked that, too. That It's just like, well, we understand what happened here. It sucks, but it's a lost cause. Like yeah. We live in a society where uh, it's apparently pretty easy to get uh, people killed for committing crimes. Yes. Um, but so the climax is the guidance counselor takes Ari into the confessional in the chapel in the boarding school which because which the reason they go into the confessional i thought was really interesting and neat it's like Ari doesn't want to be looked at too much or something and she's like we're gonna go in here and you won't be able to see me and i won't be able to see you and we're just gonna talk for a while okay ari like like really meeting this this student on her level um, right she's a really great guidance stuff. counselor she is a great she's great at her job and so they go into the confessional and this is when it starts getting scary because we still kind of see ari through the fucking holes mm-hmm. of the confessional but she is demonic she is not she's like more de- demonic than she's been at any point in this movie. And basically Ari Ari's evil <laughs> and basically beyond repair, beyond salvation. We can't fix her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, I'm so lonely. Would you want to be my friend? Will you stay with me forever? Will you come with me to hell? (laughs) Which is one of the scariest parts of the movie for me. And the guidance counselor is like, I was with you until that last part. (laughs) And Ari's like, see, you're just like everybody else. Now I'm going to make the cop whose name was Julian Castro. (laughs) <laughs> which is kind of funny uh, for our, our our politicos out there mm-hmm. makes the cop go crazy and he starts we haven't even talked about this cop because he doesn't matter but you know he was a, he was a good he's guy just a pawn from the beginning but he's a yeah he's a pawn so he basically goes nuts and and tries to kill the guidance counselor but this is why i mean why like he's not possessed by airy like airy's still doing her own thing and this guy like doesn't have airy's and intellect when he's possessed he you know he he's just basically a zombie yeah she just makes him evil and murderous yeah makes him evil she's not acting through him she's directing him they end up on the roof the cop ends up choking our hero our hero can't get free because she doesn't listen to amon and she doesn't know that you gotta break (laughs) grips from the inside instead of pulling on the outside of the arm (laughs) when you're getting strangled so uh but she does break Free. what happened oh the 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 ghost the other ghost girl the girl who killed herself no the ghost of the girl who got thrown to her death right this is where i had trouble picking up the pieces a second ghost girl shows up and it's the girl that didn't want to be Aries' friend so I think there's only one girl who actually gets killed by Arians, the one that they thought the groundskeeper killed, right? 
That is true, and but I was confused about that for much of the runtime because there were a couple of different names. There was an Anna, there was a Clara, there was and then there's Ari. And one of them names. tried to commit suicide but did not yes. end up killing herself. She right. didn't succeed. Right. That's the most recent victim. So I think what we see here in the end is the ghost of the girl who got killed by the groundskeeper shows up and is like get away from her you bitch to airy and slaps her and they go over the edge of the the school and yeah. i guess maybe if you get thrown off a ledge by a ghost in the ghost realm it kills you that's yeah i mean the logic doesn't really work for me but that seems to be what happened because i don't think we see airy again no then we wait so that kind of <laughs> wait but somebody it's not a ghost that gets thrown off somebody dies then because oh i remember okay the counselor dies yeah okay so that's, that's why that's there's a the, memorial afterward that's right. the twist because we go from this where where basically this ghost girl shows up and throws airy off the building and sacrifices herself to do it and presumably the day's saved i don't know what happens to the cop we we think we think the counselor got away from the cop, but the it turns cop out dies, doesn't he? I God, it's like I'm ashamed to say I, again. I, I don't, don't get, recall, like, dude. I I was a little bit tired, but like I was actually actively watching this. I just came. I was wired and actively watching it. Like I was glued to it, but I just got tripped up by so many things. Part of it is that all these girls look alike, and or, or enough alike that like I was really kind of honing in on that and trying to figure out who's who who's dead who's not because with the color drained out of everyone's face like i mentioned before the break it's kind of hard to tell who's a ghost and who's not in sometimes <laughs> in this movie uh which works to both its strengths and weaknesses depending on what scene we're talking about yeah i don't know what happens to the cop i don't know if you really care about what happens to the cop you'll have to watch the movie yeah i don't care about what happens he just to the cop. Kinda dis he kind of disappeared just like the real life julian castro disappeared after he called biden senile at that debate and then he was never <laughs> heard from again <laughs> anyway. well well so the, the counselor like we think she survives this whole ordeal she's gonna move on with her life she's packing up her office yeah but her picture or a picture is removed they from put her office a picture away <laughs> so we, so that's that's a little odd but we do find out that she is in fact in the afterlife and she befriends yeah, it's a, she sixth, saves. it's a sixth sense moment, you know. It's yeah. like she, she's like, "Oh, hey, this is cute. Whose funeral? Oh, 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 I don't like that at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's my funeral." Uh, and yeah, and then the last girl in the pew is like there sobbing. I think it's the the would be suicide victim, right? Yes, who tries to commit suicide again, but the counselor saves her, and that is the counselor's redemption. That's the only way that she can actually make an impact in this school is to actually take over as the ghost of the school and yes. save these girls instead of tormenting them. Yes. Which is and it's cute. Beautiful. I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause they go up on the roof and this girl's like, I'm going to, going to jump off the roof. And she's like, Oh, and she like says out into the, the heaven. She's like, Oh, Mrs. So-and-so, if you can help me, please help me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and she does. And she catches her and, yeah. and she's hugging her. And does the girl know that she's there or not? It doesn't really matter. Now, no. now in death, this counselor has finally found the gifts to actually make a difference and, and be a 
positive force on these kids and it's it's yeah. a beautiful thing. it's it's cheesy as fuck it's it's corny. very flanagan <laughs> it's very, very flanagan, flanagan. The, the, the the butterfly eating is very flanagan too <laughs> i don't know flanagan wouldn't let you eat the butterfly in his movie <laughs> he wouldn't go that far but yeah that's the movie that's the end of the movie and and it's it makes you feel good it made me feel good it made me feel, yeah, it, it's kind of a mixed blessing because it's it's a bad miracle because um, it is it is like truly unfortunate that like this setting and the society is such that like the only way that this very talented, I mean, cannot say enough, like guidance counselors in movies. I mean, she is up there at the very top for me. And it's unfortunate that the only way that she can effectively do her job is to be murdered by a ghost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but hey, it's it's like it was comforting to me knowing that going forward, she's there for these girls who are going to continue to struggle because of the oppressive and 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 uh, violent and, and religiously backwards nature of of the school and their teachings. So I felt like we probably won't be seeing any more suicides in this school for a while, and that's mm-hmm. a good thing. What the hell are we watching next week? I or I think it is your turn to pick because Patrick uh, must be present to win. We are going to watch Uma. Oh, really? Remember, remember Uma? It's, I I don't really. Yeah, care. we had a theatrical release that some people took advantage of, like right out of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. This stars. Uh, I have really. I don't have any interest in this movie whatsoever, but I just find it interesting that it's. On Netflix, all of a sudden, kind of unceremoniously, this stars Sandra Oh and Dermot Mulrooney. Uh, it, it, you know, to set your expectations appropriately, this sits at a uh, 51% on Metacritic, 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. A woman's quiet life on an American farm takes a terrifying turn when the remains of her estranged mother arrive from Korea. So we're going to see what that's all Does about. Does mean mother? I do not know, and I do not even know that it's pronounced Uma. It could be Uma. Uma, ah, ah, ah. Uma, Roma, ma. Ga, ga, <laughs> ooh, la, la. <laughs> Thank you for that, Chris. Well, yeah, um, you know, come come check us out in two weeks for, for Uma. All right. Well, until then, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. And I'm Steven, and there's no Patrick. Bye. Bye.